Hey guys, this is Dale Tedder, and welcome to the Walking Points podcast for today. My goal is to help you faithfully follow Jesus Christ in every sphere of your life. Today, my good friend David Preston and I are going to be continuing our Bible study in the book of James, which is a book in the New Testament of the Bible, and our series is called Living Wisely in Turbulent Times, and I think we can all agree that we are certainly living in turbulent times. In particular, we're going to be looking at uh, a part of the book of James that talks about anger. And the title of this particular lesson or podcast for today is Righteous Anger? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Because righteousness can, excuse me, rather, anger can be righteous. Not all anger is sinful. And so we're going to take a look at that because sometimes we can abuse that and we can always act like we're righteously indignant uh, to justify every time we're angry. But other times we can, looking to the model of Jesus and the teaching of the New Testament uh, and the rest of Scripture for that matter, we can look to see how righteous uh, anger righteously um, communicated or expressed is where we want to be. So we're going to take a look at that today. I want to thank you guys so much for checking out the Walking Points podcast for today. Here we go. Hey, good afternoon. Uh, My name is Dale Tedder and I'm with my friend and fellow pastor, David Preston, and we are here to talk about the book of James and our study that we've been working our way through. Uh, this series on James is called Living Wisely in Turbulent Times. David, good to see you. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. It's good to be here today. Glad you could be here. Uh, we are going to be finishing up what we started last week. Uh, <laughs> it's going to really take us forever to get through James. Yes, it um, is. We didn't even get finished with three verses last week, but it really is important uh, stuff. And I know that we could talk about it generally, but I like to do a little deep dive and and dig in. Um, so David, today we're going to kind of, this is part two of verses 19 through 21 of chapter one of James. And that's the scripture. We're going to read that in just a minute. But uh, last week, we just began introducing the text. Uh, we talked about different forms of communication. And in fact, I'm going to go to the scripture right now, David, just so we can, okay. um, that way we can take a look at it. Um, David, you see that in front of you? Yes, I do. All right. Why don't you, would you read the highlighted area there, 19 through 21? And then I'll, I'll give a little review of last week. All right. I will be glad to do that. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and, um, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. All right. Thank you. So uh, last, last week, we really did verse 19. Um, and there's a lot there, as you can tell. We talked about you know, communication and that being so important uh, and the idea of being quick to listen. And you know, we talked about the difference between passive and active listening. Uh, why listening is so important. Uh, I think I mentioned the uh, quotation by Francis Schaeffer about if he only had one hour with a person that he was wanting to share the gospel with, he would listen to them for 55 minutes and then only talk for five. So he really was putting that principle into practice, wasn't he? The, the idea of uh, being 
quick to listen, you know, making that a priority, making that something you're really focusing on and then slow to speak, you know, which also emphasizes that aspect of listening and then slow to anger. And so we un began to unpack that last week, but we're going to keep talking about the issue of anger. It shows up a number of times throughout James and uh, it's going to talk, we're going to talk about it today in relationship to these verses, but later James is going to be talking about the power of the tongue uh, and how we can get in trouble with, you know, the, the words that we speak, the careless words, the irresponsible words. Uh, and that seems like a pretty timely message too, David, with all that's going on in the culture today. Uh, you know, we need to be responsible with the words we use and not, not be careless. Uh, because I think he, one of the, one of the uh, metaphors that James gives is, you know, the tongue is like a match and it, you know, it can burn down a forest or whatever the analogy is, you know, that he uses. But it's the idea that you can do a lot of damage with the tongue. And uh, so, but that's not for today. We're going we're gonna to get there. We're going to start talking about the difference between uh, righteous anger versus unrighteous anger. And, and really to talk about the idea that not all anger is sin. Um, some anger, it can be appropriate. But it needs to also be appropriately expressed. So it's not sort of a green light to behave any way you want to. And I think we need to remember that as well. Um, but any thoughts kind of to wrap up from last week, David, as we start moving into today? Um, I think it is just the thing that, I, that still stands out for me is the idea of, of learning to listen first um, and rather than jump in and to try to say something. And yes, that idea, I mean, in our modern world, uh, it is so easy for us to speak out about something without really reflecting. You know, you, you can get on your phone, you can do good on Twitter, you can get on social media or whatever. And, you know, without an opportunity to reflect about something. And so, it, yes, I think it is an extremely timely thing for us because it is easy for us to be angry about things, but we do have to sort of check our understanding of whether, just as you said, whether it is righteous anger or whether it is just our own anger, our own feeling of frustration, whether there's something good, if it has a good purpose, a godly purpose, or if it really is just to destroy. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, are, are, we, are we lifting up and raising up and encouraging? Or are we tearing down and, you know, tearing into? Um, I love the movie, The Big Chill, and uh, there's a scene in that movie where one, one of the lines is, without spending all day talking about you know, developing the plot, but he said, uh, one guy was talking to a friend of his, and he said, well, you're just rationalizing. He goes, well, of course I am. He goes, we all rationalize. We can't get to the day without one or two good rationalizations, and I think very often we do that with regard to anger. I mean, our our anger is always righteous anger. We're always on the side of the angels. But the other person, it's always unrighteous and ungodly anger. So, you know, hopefully we can give you, some, uh, give y'all who are watching today, and maybe David and I can also take this in as we're sharing it with you, you know, but have some principles for how we can discern what is righteous anger and what is unrighteous anger, because um, there's nothing worse than thinking being so consumed with your own agenda and, you know, rationalizing your way into really some poor behavior, thinking that you're fighting on the side of the angels when in reality you're just defending your own turf. So that's a little bit of what we'll talk about. Well, David, um, what reason does James give for his command uh, about 
being quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. What kind of, in verse 20 there, he, he gives a reason that goes along with that. Uh, what, what do you think he's talking about there? Well, it, it's the, it is, the, again, the difference between human anger uh, and a, a righteous anger that way. You know, the idea that, um, you know, if, if we, it is the idea that if, if we are, um, if we are caught up in ourselves and our own emotions and our own feelings, it's real easy for us to sort of uh, interpret everything as, as an attack upon ourselves or to be, mm -hmm. you know, to, to let our own anger be generated, as opposed to sitting and listening and to really allowing things uh, to come out. Um, I, I, this is popping in my head um, in, in the military. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily have, have as much to do with anger, but it is the way that they develop a, a thought or an understanding. But in the military, it used to be the custom that whenever they were trying to make a decision, they would, before they would really try to hash it out or whatever, they would go to the person who was the, the least, you know, the person who had the lowest rank and say, hey, what do you think about this? Because they would tend to be the one that was undistilled by anything else, you know, uh, any other considerations. And they wanted that person's opinion before everybody else's opinions uh, sort of were, were put in so that it was unfiltered. It was undiluted by, by what everyone else had to say. And I think for to, to turn that into our example, we need to to come to well, what is what does God really say about the righteousness of something? What is the basic issue? What's the real issue that's going on without all of the other things being pushed down upon that? Um, you know, our own prejudices, our own desires, you know, our own emotional issues, um, so that we once again, by listening, by thinking, by not speaking, you know we can be able to see through the things that, that cloud what the issue, what the, whatever the issue might be. Yeah, no, really, that's, that's a good point about the idea of that quick to listen and slow to speak is really almost like intel gathering, isn't it? You know, I, I want to really hear what the other person's saying. How many times today in our culture, you know, there's an old saying with uh, reading scripture that a text out of context is a pretext. Right. And I wonder how often that's true with, you know, what we read on social media um, or we hear a little, just a little blurb from, you know, uh, someone's could be an hour long speech and we hear two seconds of it and there's no context around it. And I know that some people perhaps, you know, claim that all the time, you know, I'm mistaken out of context. Uh, but no doubt that also is, is a, it's a true reality that um, people are taken out of context. And so I think, you know, when, especially when it's personal relationships, um, when those personal relationship dynamics are at work, we really want to tune in and listen and, be, you know, and make sure we're understanding. And, you know, that's the value. I tell you what I've really come to, come to appreciate Gosh, you know, just throughout my ministry, I can't put a time when I really started having the aha moment, but I realized how important asking questions are, you know, or how important it is rather, you know, to follow up with someone if you don't understand, you know, uh, what they're saying, or maybe you don't even agree with them, but asking them some questions, some open-ended, you know, not like you're cross, you know, not, not like an interrogation or something. You're not, you know, cross what's it called in court cross-examination you know, cross-examination yeah. yeah uh you know you're not doing that you're not interrogating them you're you're just genuinely trying to learn where they're coming from and what they're saying so that you better understand them 
but you realize, or at least I do, I won't speak for everybody, but I realize, you know, if I'm on the defensive, if my pride is at stake, or, you know, if I feel like, you know, that my identity of who I am is so fragile that anybody who disagrees with me or something, if I feel like that's going to break if someone disagrees, that, that, that has very little to do with the person I'm talking to. It has more to do with me. And I just, you know, I think that's why it's so much better to really just listen and carefully understand, have some questions that are involved with that um, and be slow to speak. Because where we're headed, as you point out, is we want to produce the righteousness that God desires. So, I mean, David, this seems like an obvious, seems like there's an obvious answer to this question, but what is that righteousness that God desires? I mean, how can we discern whether, you know, as I said earlier, we're on the side of the angels, um, you know, that we really are, um, you know, we're denying ourselves. We're not just wrapped up in our own agenda and our own pride, but we really are trying to be righteous. Uh, what are some things we would need to look out for um, and understand in advance, perhaps, to make sure we're pursuing righteousness? Well, it is that the idea of, of, of being able to look at yourself. We'll get to this next week when we talk about the idea of the mirror, um, looking, looking at ourselves, you know, whenever we, uh, we look at ourselves in a mirror and then we walk away and we forget what we look like. And that, uh, the, the bottom line, again, not to get, to get ahead on that, but, but I, I'm thinking about that in terms of that helps us be able to look at ourselves. That's the importance is, once again, self-knowledge, self-awareness. Yeah. Are we doing this out of a sense of, of personal slight, of, of, you know, some sort of personal attack on us or feeling personally attacked or whatever? Or is this really about trying to to find justice, to get justice, to, yeah. to you know, to, to really express true, true righteous anger, true righteousness, yeah. uh, really being right about something. Um, I, I kept thinking as also uh, something that I, I remembered as I was thinking about this is one of those things that I had to learn early on in my marriage. And that was that uh, very often that whenever my wife is telling me something, or she is complaining about something, or she is that that it's processing through. She's not necessarily asking me for a solution. Right. And my desire was to just sort of jump in. Well, you know, you really should try to do X, Y, and Z. And really, all she was really wanting to do is for me to is to express to her that I understand that I understood why you know A, B, and C were an issue. Right what made her feel that way, mm -hmm. you know? And so there wasn't even a need to solve the problem to solve the problem. All I had to do was really listen, you know, right. she wasn't looking for me to do that. And so that's a part of that as well. Uh, it's being aware of ourselves. It's being aware of, of, of our own emotions, our own invest investment in something. Um, and really trying to get at, uh, you know, what is the what is the truth? What is the reality in something? And of course, there, you know, we should certainly evaluate whatever we're looking at, whatever issue it is, you know, against. Well, what does God's word say? Where do we go to find the, you know, uh, okay, we're we're just we've got chaos about this issue. Where where can we find, you know, logic and reason? Where can we find order in this? And of course, that's going to be looking, you know, into God's word. You know, yeah, right? That's yeah. Yeah, I think that really is key. Uh, uh, I know St. Augustine said this, and I know for sure John Calvin did. It's at the beginning of his institutes. And I think Wesley, I mean, I, I think most theologians and thinkers and Christians throughout 
uh, Christian history have said something similar to this, but it's the idea that to really know God, you know, there's a sense in which we need to know ourselves, and to really know ourselves, we really need to know who God is. It's sort of a reciprocal knowledge that needs to take place, and I'm thinking if we want to be righteous, well, then we need to know what righteousness is, and to know what righteousness is, we need to know God, because God is God is righteousness, and you know, we're created in his image. And I think that self-awareness that you speak of, or uh, that you mentioned a minute ago, self-awareness is one thing, but if we don't have a standard to compare our self-awareness to, then, you know, it's, um, I can't remember what Greek philosopher it was, uh, but the English translation of his famous saying was, man, the measure. And it's the idea that I'm just going to measure things against my own preferences and there's never going to be a standard that applies to all of us. If that's the case, you know, you'll apply yourself, you know, by your own standard, I'll have my own standard uh, and every, you know, and everybody else will too. It's kind of like the book of judges, you know, where it said, you know, in Israel, there was no King and every everyone did that, which was right in their own eyes. And uh, so we need a King, we need a standard, we need a measure. And uh, God is the measure of righteousness. And so you're absolutely right. We, we must know his word. We have to study his word. We have to be able to, you know, it's like you said that, and I love, I love that expression of God's word as the mirror. And, you know, the person who's not tuned in is the person who might read the word, turn away from it and forget everything he just, you know, he just read. But when we're really tuned in, the Holy Spirit's working, we're being intentional, we're reading scripture and prayerfully meditating on it and all the rest it really, it shows, it holds up a mirror that's pretty hard to look at sometimes, isn't it? it yeah, and isn't that the case with the mirror, that the mirror is the hardest thing in the world to look at, because, yeah. you know, we don't want to see how we really are. It kind of messes with our, you know, with our image of, of ourselves um, that way, but yet it is only through the mirror that we are able to really to see us as other people see us that way. And so it's only through the mirror of Scripture that we are able to see ourselves as God sees us, good and as god sees us bad because we see the sin you know it, it, right. that that we're up against the standard we're held up against that standard and so we see uh the the sin that is within us um right. that way well hey uh david i asked you to look up uh ephesians four twenty six before we started recording do you have that in front of you hold on just a second uh, i gotta wake my little friend back up here again um, Ephesians four twenty six. Yeah, let me kind of set this up real quick okay. before you read it. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think we're making the case that not all anger is sinful. We've been talking about that. Um, and so we want to know what it is about human anger that leads James to warn against it. This doesn't, this, this scripture doesn't necessarily answer that question, but it sort of emphasizes what James is talking about by the Apostle Paul. So this is Ephesians 4, verse 26. All right, and uh, he says, um, be angry, but do not sin, and do not let the sun go down on your anger. And I'm also going to add in 27, and it says, yeah. and do not make room for the devil. Um, mm -hmm. And that is the, there. we need to keep that off to the side. We'll talk about that as we move a little bit later, because that yeah. really is the space that we give Satan to come in you know, is in that anger, in that inability yeah. to, 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 you know, in that unrighteous anger, I should right. say, um, because right. Satan's going to be the one that's going to feed that, you know, 
uh, it's going to feed that that sense of of aggrieved, being aggrieved, of being wronged, um, right. or whatever that way. Yeah, well, and that's that's a good point. It's it's a proverbial, you know, give them an inch, you'll take a mile. Um, so you don't want to let them, you don't want to let them get near you to start with, you know, um, because as soon as he's in your camp, you know, then um, what's the old saying about the camel's nose under the under the under tent, the tent yes. and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, you got the whole camel in there with you. Okay, so, and I'm gonna I'm gonna have to throw I'm gonna have to throw in a Star Wars reference here, <laughs> but that is the that is the nature of that fictitious thing, you know, the force, the dark side, the light side, giving <clears throat> in to anger that way. That's mm -hmm. how, that's how, um, you know, he is brought over to the dark side of the force. How Darth right. Vader becomes Darth Vader, right? You know, it's through that anger and giving giving vent to that anger, giving giving freedom to that anger. You know, and how easy it would be for us, you know, to to develop a, a righteous anger of our own. You know, I think about the crusading people in history that went out and did all kinds of terrible things in God's name that way. And they were giving vent to their own anger that way. They did not realize that right. their anger was not righteous. It was it was their own selfish, evil anger. Um, right. And that's what you're referring to as unrighteous anger yes. giving way to that. Yes. Right. Yes. Because because, you know, going back to that scripture that you just read, you know, my version was in your anger, do not sin. Um, so Paul presumes, hey, not all anger is unrighteous. And again, I mean, that's we really need to know God, but we need to know what our weaknesses are. Um. I, you know, I was just having a conversation with uh, Suzanne, my wife, uh, earlier this week, in fact, and I can't remember what we were talking about. It didn't really relate, you know, to either one of us per se, but related more to me, I guess. And I was just reflecting on my attitude about something. And man, I was, you know, I, I was unrighteously annoyed. Maybe you could put it that way. But the more I talked with her, and the more I really kind of started being honest with myself, I said, good grief, I really need to change my attitude. This is all about me. <laughs> you know? And that was hard. It was, that, it was that mirror being held up to me. And I just thought, man, I need to get over myself. And uh, I, I'm, I'm certainly not living in a, this is not a pleasing way to interact with, you know, what was going on. And so I needed, you know, an attitude adjustment, as the old saying goes. And um, so you know, Paul's saying, in your anger, don't sin. So it, like I said, it is possible, but boy, I, I could see that verse being used to declare everything that you think and say and do as, well, hey, I, you know, Paul says it's okay to be angry. And it's like, well, <laughs> qualified that, you know, in a righteous way. And you really need to kind of tune in and, and look in that mirror of God's word and say, is this righteous? You know, is this what's God have to say about this? Because God has to say about, you know, a lot to say about everything. And so, um, it, but that's a, that's a difficult, you know, uh, kind of a razor's edge balance there, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is to, to know what is righteous anger and what is not. Um, and again, there are those things uh, uh, in scripture, you know, those times when that righteous anger is, is demonstrated. Um, but it is again for ourselves, those, looking at yourself personally, it's harder and harder to find things for me, at least to think about the things that I've gotten angry about that were truly righteously worth righteous anger. Mm -hmm. you know, usually things were very, very self-centered. 
Um, you know, you get, again, we just get caught up in ourselves. We get caught up in our own emotions in the moment. Um, and it's very easy to lose yourself that way. That's the, 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 the danger of driving on the road and getting angry, you know, is that you get right. caught. It's very easy to get caught up, uh, get caught up in that. And well, that idea uh, of rage. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. I, that idea of humility or the idea of humility really seems to be, should be central in all of this. Because if, you know, if, if you try to cultivate a, an app, you know, an attitude of humility, uh, you know, you're trying to cultivate being humble, then not everything is going to be a slight on your person. Uh, or even if it is, you don't have to overreact to it. Right. You know, uh, I know that, uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever thought this and, you know, there are a lot of people who, you know, deal with road rage and stuff like that. And I've never done anything crazy or something, you know, like chase down somebody. But I remember when it occurred to me, you know, first of all, that person didn't wake up that day saying, Hey, when where Dale Tedder is, I'm going to see if I can find him on the road today and cut him off. You know, <laughs> it was, right, right. you know, it may have been a thoughtless thing. It may have just been an accident. I mean, how many times have I probably done that not probably have I done that you know for others unintentionally um, and that's not saying that we should be careless and it's okay but it's just that sometimes that happens but also when you stay mad at what somebody has done in traffic as an example you know that's the old expression you know you're all of a sudden you know you're letting them live rent free in your head you know, you're, you're preoccupied and upset by something someone else has done. And they, especially if it's traffic, they may have no clue what they've done. And, and yet it's ruined your whole day. So I just think there's a, you know, we kind of have to die to self on that and be humble and say, you know, what am I, what's really going on with me that I would get this upset about because, this? Because that, that does allow Satan to come in. Yeah. In those moments that invites Satan in. In those moments absolutely and he'll take and run with it too uh, yes <laughs> that's for sure he'll dive right in the door well hey uh let me i'm gonna we've got a couple places and we're not going to read the scriptures for this because it would be a it'd take the rest of the time but um from john 2 13 through 22 and then matthew 23 verses 1 through 39 they give us two examples of jesus showing anger uh, and the first one in John chapter two is Jesus basically cleaning the temple, cleansing the temple from the money changers and an, an ungodly use of, as Jesus refers to it, his father's house. Um, and it's, it's sort of other focused. It's on his heavenly father. You know, and that's where his, that's what kind of generates his, his anger toward how they're treating it. But then the other one has to do with, the religious leaders that Jesus was often in conflict with and how they were leading God's people astray. And Jesus has a lot to say on that, not, you know, not just a hypocrisy, but just the false teaching, you know, as far as just leading them astray. And in both cases, what seems to be the cause for, for Jesus getting angry is an assault on the person of God and the person of God's people. And but in, in neither case is it about him, and I think there's a sense in which, you know, when we see injustice in this world, and this has certainly been in the news for the last couple of weeks, when we see injustice, we see something that's wrong, you know, certainly something that 
any level-headed Christian who reads God's word could say, you know, it, that, that was wrong. Um, that ought to cause um, an anger at the human condition, an anger that that has happened to another person, an anger that God's justice has been slighted. I mean, there's a lot of different levels. Again, I don't think it means we can just act any way we want in response to it, because I think that requires godliness as well. But, you know, it reminds me of when Lazarus died, and it says Jesus wept. And I don't think what we appreciate is that that scripture, Jesus wept, is really talking about Jesus was grieving over the human condition that Lazarus had to die to start with. You know, that, that, that one of the, one of the consequences of sin and our fallen nature is death. And so it was more than just a good buddy of Jesus happened to have died, but it was a much deeper experience than that. And uh, so I think part of what we do to sort of gauge whether or not we have righteousness in our anger is who has been offended and what are we responding to? Or are we just in a bad mood? And, you know, we, again, kind of, I guess we're uh, beating this into the ground or was it about me? But what do you, what do you think about that as far as the way Jesus responded in these, these instances? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's the, that is certainly the lesson is that it's, it's, you know, it was not about him. It was not about a slight towards him. Um, you know, and, and I've had this discussion with other people. Um, you know, for me, it's an example of, yeah, there are, there are times when, when, you know, there, there are definitely situations where there is righteous anger. There are situations where, yes, um, there is, there is a time for, uh, in Jesus' case, in that in that moment, for righteous violence. I mean, Jesus didn't go and sing kumbaya with those guys. You know, <laughs> he made a cord out of the he he knotted a cord and he made a whip. Then he chased them out. He beat the crud out of them. He chased them out of the temple. <laughs> he spilled their money all over the place. I, I mean, that was I, I I talked about this one time and and looking up and dealing with that and preaching on this, the idea that you know Jesus really really did did a, did a big thing in that i mean he really did something that was very upsetting that was very very uh significant you know in what he did and yes it was a, a, out of a sense of righteous anger a sense of of they have done something against god they have done something against the temple god's house they have done something against god's people in doing this because they're making money off of them you know right. off of the, the the holiness of the people or the desire of the people to be holy you know so they're taking advantage of them um because of this and so for me that's one of those instances of you know yeah okay we can talk about nonviolent civil disobedience but no jesus beat the crud out of these guys that right. chased him out of the temple you know in that moment yeah. um you know, he, he was righteously angry, um, and, um, and he was just in his application of what he did, you know, to be able to, 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 to change that situation. Yeah, and so I, I think, you know, so back to what we've been talking about is, um, so where, you know, what can happen when it's unrighteous anger, and I want to go back, I'm going to see if I can find this, I had not planned to do it this way, but um, go back to James, our last lesson. Um, and, uh, this is verse 14 and 15. Uh, let's see, I'll highlight it here so we can all see it. Uh, it says, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. 
certainly with the help of the devil. Uh, and then after desire has conceived, you know, it's almost like once you get a little satisfaction with that desire, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. So that anger, you know, I think in every moment we have a, there's that temptation is presented, this external temptation. Um, am I going to respond in a, a righteous way or an unrighteous way? And so when the temptation is to anger, some things we have to ask about are, is, why do I feel this way? What, what, what within me? You know, is this about a, is this a personal pride issue? Um, or, you know, has someone, you know, has an injustice been done to someone else or, you know, something bad happened, you know, that, uh, that I'm really upset, you know, for someone else and for them. Uh, but we have to be careful so that we don't, we're not dragged away by that evil desire, you know, as it says. Um, so it doesn't conceive, doesn't give birth to sin. And so ultimately it doesn't give birth to death. All right. Now I want to go to the scripture. I want to match that with, I'm going to let you read, David. This is, um, from Matthew 5, uh, let's see here, 21 through 26. And I think okay. most of it's on the page there. I'll scroll down. Yes, it the is. End. I think it is. Okay. Are you able to see that? Yeah, I'm able to see all of it. Through okay. 26. Yep. So read that for us, would you? Okay. You have heard that it was said of, to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court. Lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. So Jesus offers a word there, not only on the issue of anger, but also how to be reconciled, you know, to uh, not let that anger stay in your heart. But if you have opportunity, if it's a interpersonal relationship issue, you know, don't just, uh, and this goes back to what Paul said, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Um, that's often told to couples, you know, uh, who are going through premarital counseling, you know, when it says, Hey, you know, sometimes you need a little, uh, little distance for a little bit, catch your breath, reassess and things like that. But the principle of course is deal with it. And Jesus is saying, be reconciled, you know, go and, and try to work that out. But what I really wanted us to pay attention to with the first few verses there, David, where Jesus says, and this, he does this with, uh, lust and adultery, uh, stealing and covetousness. I mean, he just seems to be, you know, he's covering the Ten Commandments. Uh, but he says, you've heard that it was said, don't murder. All right, we can all agree with that. And so many people, I think, outside the church and probably far too many inside the church say, well, hey, I haven't done that. I've never murdered. And then he says in verse 22, but I say, everyone who is angry with his brother, and he's talking about, I think, unrighteous anger there, because clearly, as you just got through demonstrating, he was angry in the temple. Um, so there's an unrighteous anger here that he, he's referring to. Uh, so everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Um, and he gives an example, whoever insults his brother 
will be liable to the council. And whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. And, and I think he's talking a little bit about what Paul's talking about, a little bit about what James is talking about. You don't want that anger to start seeping in, as you said. You don't want the devil to get a foothold uh, and it start to consume you so much so that it's in the words you speak. It's in the way you view other people. And it, it just really begins to uh, consume you. And uh, because when it does, as James says, you know, boy, once it gets there, it leads to death. And as we talked about when we said, you know, when we were studying that, it's a real spiritual death. I mean, it can, you, you know, by God's grace, there's always time to repent, but sometimes you can get so deep in it. It's a really hard place to get back to the place of repentance and, and God's grace is available. Thank, thank God. But, um, you know, I think there's a, a time where we can, we can take that one step too far and it's an awful difficult time to get back. What are your thoughts on that? Well, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about the idea of, of, of a wound, of a, of a festering wound, something that, that happens that if it's not dealt with, it can, it can take over and it can very quickly turn toxic and turn deadly. Um, uh, and just popped up in my mind. And again, I won't dive off into the rabbit trail. Just finished reading a story about somebody who got a wound and, um, and it was not a, not a, a total, you know, not a, not a life, life threatening in and of itself, but because they could do nothing about it. Um, it, it just festered. They had no sulfa drugs. They had no penicillin. And so all they could do was try to keep it clean. But once it went septic, that was it. The person was, you know, uh, uh, he, he's, he's left behind in the story to kind of cover their, kind of cover them as they get away. But anyway, right. um, but that, that idea of this, it doesn't take very much a wound like that, um, that anger to fester inside of us. And it starts to multiply on top of itself. It's like that little poke in the skin that if it's not dealt with, it becomes infected, it festers, it can become mm -hmm. gangrenous. And it, you can lose your limb and you can lose your life if you're not careful, um, yeah. if you don't take care of it, if you don't deal with it. That's yeah. the, the big issue is you have to deal with it. Yeah, that, that's sort of an unpleasant image, but it's right on target. Uh, we, don't wanna, we don't want it to start getting in there and just spreading all throughout the wound uh, and then get into the healthy area as well. And, yeah, that, and that, that, that's the danger of sin, going back to the image from earlier in this chapter, you know, the, of, of birthing the sin that way, you know, or that's the end result. That's the, it starts out with something small and then it grows and it becomes more and more. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're, you're consumed. Yeah, I, that, that's a good point. I, you know, in the area of communication, which we were talking about last week, yeah, how many times have you, you know, you don't have to actually give an answer to this, David, but how many times have you thought a thought when you're maybe in an argument with your beloved wife uh, or anybody for that matter, uh, or you just can, you can feel tension coming on and you think a thought and you say to yourself, oh, whatever you do, don't say that out loud. And then the conversation continues. Maybe it gets a little heated and it comes out. And as soon as it comes out, it's like, oh, I said it. <laughs> you know, right. Like I shouldn't have said that. You know, it's one of these things, but it begins with that thought. You know, it's, it's not something that just magically appears in your mind, uh, but you give it room and then right. you, you dwell on it a little bit. And then it finally makes its way out. 
And um, there have been very few times, if any at all, that I remember doing something like that when I didn't instantly regret it you know, and said, there's no, there's no righteous satisfaction with having said that. You know, I, am, I regret deeply that I said that. It's, well, this, uh, that seed, it's the yeah, seed it's the seed image again you know it's that right. it starts and it grows and it continues to grow until it you know or cancer or whatever metaphor that you want to you want to put for that you yeah. know that if we allow it to stay there and we don't deal with it then it's only going to get worse yeah well, that's a good worse. word to end on um but maybe a better word to end on is but with God, all things are possible, so we can, <laughs> he helps us grow into righteousness. Um, well, David, thank you. Uh, I always enjoy this time together. It's, it's just always a blessing for me to chat with you and to dig into God's word. And I hope that uh, y'all who have been joining us today have been, you know, been blessed by this time together. You know, one of the great things about scripture is you know, the harmony of it. I mean, we looked at Jesus, Paul, and James. And uh, how often are Paul and James pitted against one another? as though they have contrary messages. And um, we'll learn that that's not even true um, uh, when we get to uh, that particular part of, of Scripture. And on that note, next uh, time we're going to get together, we're going to be finishing up this little section. Uh, we'll start with verse 22 and go through 27 of uh, James chapter 1. So slow but sure. And um, David, any parting thoughts? No, just uh, just looking forward to diving into that uh, next section about hearing and doing, and uh, and and seeing how we um, we have to really mirror ourselves. Look at look at God's word as a mirror for us uh, to to show us who who we are uh, truly, and as the the possibility then of of what we can become uh, by allowing God's word to grow in us, by allowing that relationship instead of the bad seed to have the good seed to be planted. Um, and to grow and to not fester, but then to bloom and to produce fruit. Yeah, no, uh, amen to that. Uh, guy who mentored me that I always talk about, uh, he held up the Bible one day in a, a study that he was leading, and he said, I just don't know how we're going to grow without this book. You know, I mean, that's going to be the mirror that does that work of seed planting, seed watering, and nurturing, and everything you're talking about, accompanied by the Holy Spirit, of course. I mean, so it's, it's not one or the other. It's a both and. But uh, so we'll we'll be talking about that next week some. So, David, thank you. I appreciate it and look forward to being with you next time. We'll look forward to it. Uh, thanks again with you, Dale. Dale. It was a great time. Glad to be with all you folks out there in computer land. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Have a good week. Well, guys, thank you so very much for checking out the podcast today. I am glad uh, that you were able to stop by and spend a little bit of time with us as we dig in to God's Word together and learn a little bit about righteous anger versus unrighteous anger. And of course, uh, neither David nor I are wagging our fingers at you and telling you where you stand. That's going to be something you're going to have to go to Scripture and spend some time in prayer uh, and ask those closest to you uh, how they think you are doing in that particular area of your life. But odds are you probably already know. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you checking out the podcast. We look forward to getting together with you next time. Have a great week.